Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, welcome back to the death lineup here. I think we're going to try and figure, at least until the season starts, uh, Thursday afternoon Pacific time is probably a pretty good time for us to record. So hopefully we'll be able to keep this time on Thursdays. It fits right in the BSPN schedule because Brad and I do our show on Monday. And we usually have some stuff from uh, the Red and Gold Standard earlier in the week as well. So this is a nice little time frame for us so first off bry what's going on nothing nothing much how are you doing uh, it's late in the week i'm gonna go have a dinner with our good friend ben cruz in a little bit after this so that'll be pretty fun but yeah just uh not a lot of basketball news but even though i say there's not a lot of basketball news i look at the rundown that i created for this show and there's enough to talk about which is uh kind of crazy for august you know what is it uh two whole months before the season even starts so yeah it's good nba just works that way yeah all right so um i wanted to ask you a couple things because the big story was the schedule release and i didn't even know it was releasing that day but you were texting our group chat going like oh schedule's about to come out schedule's about to come out so schedule comes out and opening night as was heavily rumored Warriors and Lakers on Tuesday to kick off uh, the season. And, you know, poor LeBron's got to watch the Warriors get more rings. I don't know why he agreed to that one. Yeah. um, Has the schedule release always been this, like, publicized or, like, big of a deal? I I guess I just wasn't – I don't remember it being, like, everyone mark your calendars and, like, Woj and Shams are, like, breaking the news and of what Christmas is before we even learn. Like, has it always been like that? I wouldn't say always, but I think it's been like that, you know, for at least the last couple of years. You know, the NFL is the one that does it even bigger than the NBA. Like they have a whole TV show dedicated to the schedule. I don't know if you saw that on NFL, uh, the NFL Network, but when the schedule came out, like they like, I, I'm I'm watching it going like, okay, I know the 49ers and the Rams are going to play twice, and the Niners and. You know, the the Cardinals are going to play twice. What's the big whoop? But I think a lot of it is these national games, right? You have the Monday night yeah. and the Sunday night in the NFL and Thursday night now with Amazon in tow and they got all those games. And for the NBA, similarly, opening night, 
Christmas, and we'll talk about the Warriors Christmas game in a second. And, you know, the season is long, which is, you know, 82 games versus 16 games. Not every single game in the NBA is important like the, you know, like it is in the NFL. But, yeah, you know, you're creating a little bit of hype before, you know, or when nothing is really going on but baseball right now. So Mm -hmm. uh, when when we looked at, so obviously you mentioned opening night, so we get to play the Lakers. I imagine the Lakers are going to be pretty fired up for this game. I was trying to go, I was trying to reflect back. I remember the season that KD came. They got smoked by San Antonio opening day, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the other title teams and and what they did opening day, but like that whole celebration, it's going to be ring night. I think it's ring night. I think that's the night that you get your ring. And so there's a hoopla around it. And then you still have to go out and play the basketball game. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I imagine, you know, the Lakers are probably going to come pretty fired up and they'll be healthy. So this will be the best of the Lakers for the, for the season. And, and I think that'll be a really good and competitive game. And JTA is going to get his ring too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That'll be fun. They could be as competitive as they want. Actually, you know, the Lakers did beat the Warriors when Steph was healthy. We didn't really have a full squad for the majority of last year, but um, with that closing lineup that uh, the athletics, Jovan Buha, I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm not entirely sure. Well, he is put he out where like, he was a Clippers guy, but now he's a Lakers guy. Oh, I didn't know he was with the Lakers. Yeah. Um, he said, I think the closing lineup is looking like Austin Reeves, Troy Brown Jr., LeBron James, <laughs> Anthony Davis, Juan Toscano Anderson. Like there's just, there's, it just doesn't look good for them this upcoming year. I have a question yeah. for you, though, that's kind yeah. of unrelated to it's it's related to scheduling, but unrelated to specifically yep. the Warriors. Do you wish that correct me if I'm wrong? Do they play every single team like they play every yes. single team? Right. Yes. OK. Yes. Do you so wish it was way, more I, like I think the way the schedule works is you play everybody in your division four, four times, times. Mm-hmm. everybody in your conference three times and then everybody in the other conference two times. I think yeah. that's how it works. Do you wish it was kind of like the MLB where it's almost like the Giants and the Yankees never play each other? So when they do, it's kind of a big deal and it feels more special than, say, the Warriors seeing Brooklyn, I don't know, twice a year. Uh, I, I, I think w- what would happen is the really, really good teams would face the really, really bad teams way too many times. And thus you'd have these like really inflated records. Like, Uh, you know, the Warriors, you know, the Warriors didn't have a super gaudy record last year, but imagine if they played the Kings six times versus the four times, then, you know, then you're just padding your record for the regular season. So I think, you know, in baseball, you know, this is even before you were born. They didn't even have interleague play. So when I was growing up, it was all National League, National League. They, there was no National League, American League. The only time you got to see those teams, any anybody from the American League play the National League was during the All-Star Game, which was why the All-Star Game was kind of like a big deal back then, and it's really not a big deal today. And then it was either then or in the World Series, and that's the only time you would see. And then I think it was the late 90s, they did the interleague play because they wanted to you know, they wanted to bring more people to the ballpark and, and it it made their TV package more valuable when you could, like you said, see the Giants against the Yankees. And I think the, you know, if you do have the NL East for baseball and you're the Giants, you're like, yes, I get to sell 
uh, uh, you know, three game series against the Red Sox and I get to sell a three game series against the Yankees. We're going to make so much money, you know, jumping up those prices. So I mean, I think it would make it would make it a little bit more special maybe when you get those crossover teams, you know, the Warriors Celtics or whatever, but they're still only playing twice versus playing the Kings four times. So it's still mm-hmm. a little bit special. You get a home and home. And I, I think it's I think it's worked out the way that it the way that it currently works. Yeah. I hear it. I hear it. Okay, so when you looked at that schedule for the Warriors, and I'll I'll pull up some of the some of the interesting games here. Is there a specific matchup that stood out for you earlier in the season where you're like, man, I kind of want to go to that game? Um, I mean, I'd love to go to Denver in the second game is is really intriguing to me. Uh I'm I'm optimistic on the Warriors start because it isn't like the the hardest teams to play, but I wouldn't say nine and zero like last year or whatever it was. I see I mean, uh, Nuggets, Suns, Heat. Those are three yep. out of the first five games. Those those will all be tough games. Oh yeah, and and Denver coming off of what a five game playoff round one where they got booted. They have their guys back. They might suit up for that one and not suit up, but might you know be writ be get circle that one on their schedule. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Christmas. Christmas, the Warriors are playing the Memphis Grizzlies. I feel like uh, Ja and Draymond kind of made this one happen. Like they had their little, you know, Ja and kind of continuing to tweet after the Warriors beat the Grizzlies and they made this thing happen. I think that's probably the right game for the uh, for, for Christmas because. Obviously, the Celtics were tough. The Celtics had a 2-1 lead. But I think the Grizzlies were right there as far as the hardest matchup, maybe even harder because it took the Warriors a little while to solve them, and some of that was Morant getting hurt. Agreed. Um, I mean, in all fairness to Ja in regards to, like, tweeting, Clay did, like, throw some shots in his, like, his, like, when he got the ring, I think they did the the media after, and Clay still threw some shots at Jaron Jackson Jr. Regardless, I would have shut my mouth if I was the Grizzlies, but th- I think that's what kind of kept it going. But I wonder if John Draymond didn't have that exchange on Twitter, would this have still been the matchup? Because if, for me, it would have been, but I guess like maybe the national media or everyone who's not in this little Warriors bubble that I'm in would maybe think of Warriors Nets or Warriors Lakers even. Um, but to me, this was the clear one the whole time. It's going to be the most competitive. It's going to be the most fun. I wonder if you're like the Warriors, though, and you're like, man, like, we never get Christmas off. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, when's the last time Steph's gotten December 25th to spend time with, with his family? So I started thinking about that. I, I want to say the first Christmas game that the Warriors had with this current roster was against the Clippers, and it was the late game, like the 7.30 game. And uh, this was the Clippers are better than the Warriors at Mm -hmm. at this point. I want to say it was like maybe 13, 2013 maybe, sometime around there. Was that the sleeve jerseys or no? Sleeve jerseys would have been 14 14 or 15. I remember they had an ugly one for Christmas with sleeves, and I think that might have been that one. But yeah, ever since then, every single year they're, they they play on Christmas. So even even the year that they were really bad, they had to play on Christmas against it was <laughs> against the Rockets or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, last year they they beat the Suns on Christmas. 
So it's a pretty like I look forward to it. Like now it's kind of a tradition and I'm like, oh, you know, because uh, of, uh, you know, my parents, your grandparents, they're not where we live anymore. And that would be like the big party is to go to their house and then, you know, family and then not watch game. But now these last couple of years, you know, we it's just a little bit of a smaller gathering and, and you and your brother come to my place and we watch, you know, we watch the game. So it's different. But like, I, I just look forward to it because uh, one thing, you know, Christmas, you get the, the hoopla around Christmas and the gifts with the kids in the morning. But mm-hmm. you're like, I know I'm going to get some Warriors basketball sometime today. Mm-hmm. And I think out of the five Christmas games, like two of them suck. So I know what time <laughs> I'm going to be like really engaging with the family. Lakers and Mavericks. Yeah, I'm not watching that. <laughs> I think Knicks and Sixers and not watching that. That's in the morning anyway. But yeah, I'm not waking up early for that one. Yeah. So speaking of the rest of the games, Boston and the Bucks. that's a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that was the Eastern Conference finals, right? Semifinals. Right? Semifinals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Heat. Because Middleton was hurt. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, that's a little bit of a, you know, the, there's that that narrative out there that if Middleton doesn't get hurt, the Bucks might uh, may be the finals. It might might have been in the finals except for the Celtics. And then you get that late night classic game, the Nuggets and the Suns. But yeah, that that Warriors Memphis is the best one of that of that day. And uh, I don't know if I'm the if I'm the Grizzlies. That is the marquee game of their season because they don't get a lot of the national games because they're not in a giant market, but they do have a super exciting player and 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 a now an up and coming exciting team. So I think they, mm-hmm. they will get some more national games this year. I didn't check their schedule, but I would just assume. But this is still like, like this is the biggest opportunity for them to show out. So they're going to come there. And, and then for the Warriors, it's like, well, we got to defend our turf, man. Like, you know, they're coming to our place and, and Draymond, mm-hmm. like, like when, uh, when they were going back and forth, Ja was like, you guys come here. And Draymond's like, nah, the, the champions always have the home game on Christmas. And, mm-hmm. but then he said after when, when they made it happen and Ja tweeted out and Draymond's like, yeah, hey, yeah. And then you, you come over to the crib after for dinner. So that it's, it's a fun rivalry, but it's not disrespectful. In any I think Draymond likes Ja too much for it to be like super, super, bad bloody yeah yeah for sure and and i think jaron jackson's out until i, I want to say november or december so he should be coming back in time for that game and i also want to say that i think that memphis's national games is in the 13 to 20 range i don't know why those two numbers but i know they i know i know they took a big jump from last year right yeah and, and deservedly so yeah they like i said they were i kind of feel like they were the best team the warriors played in the postseason last year them um, or the celtics yeah and it's it's close either way. Both both teams are really good, and I gave the Warriors a a, a whole ton. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So the the only other thing I want to point out is it's pretty cool that the, the so the Warriors only have five preseason games this year. Uh, they have a late September, so we're talking like six weeks from now. Warriors and Wizards in the preseason in Japan. In Saitama, I wonder if that's the Saitama Super Arena. Uh, so they play Friday and Saturday back to back against the Wizards. Uh, I, I imagine Ru- Rui is going is to be a big part of that game. D- do the are the do the I know the Warriors had a Japanese player on Baba the, is that his the, name on the summer league team? I think his name's Baba. Do they bring him out? Like they got to bring him uh, out, he, right? Yeah, he's got to play all forty eight. 
I feel like he should uh, make the trip for sure. You know, when uh, rest in peace, Kobe. But remember when LeBron and Kobe were like, I think Kobe was posting up LeBron or or LeBron was posting up Kobe in an all-star game. And it's like yeah. an iconic shot. And yeah. then Drake sticks his head in. I wonder <laughs> if it's going to be like the iconic shot where Baba is posting up Rui <laughs> and the Japan crowd is on their feet. <laughs> no, I think I think that's really it's really cool. Not just because I'm uh, half Japanese, but just like. You know, you you you're the NBA's global. You know, is the most one of the more global. Uh, it's probably the most global U.S. sport. And to well, see baseball. them, um, baseball draws talent globally, but I don't know if baseball is as bi- or if base like like let's say Mike Trout goes to China. I don't. Yeah, I don't maybe, think anybody cares. Yeah, no. Whereas if Steph and Clay <laughs> yeah. and James Harden, those guys go to China, like. The, the crowds love MLB is so bad at marketing their guys like that. Like it's, it's it doesn't feel right. Like that Clay Thompson is probably very well known globally, and then Mike Trout, like the best player in baseball for the past ten years, is just like I don't know. He's not a household name whatsoever. You know, it would be awesome is if they get a little bit of crossover, right? Like you should have uh, Otani go back with them and mm-hmm. like be a part of that. Like that would be really cool. Like a little partnership with the MLB. And uh, and and uh, NBA, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Um. All right. So so let's move on and let's talk about. You went to the pro am. Now I know this isn't really Warriors related, but I was just kind of wondering because the pro am was in San Francisco. What was it like at a gym? Yes, it was at. Oh, it's a Kizer Kizar Stadium. Okay, so it is. So it is at uh, at least a small a small place. Um, but no, that's, uh, that, that's pretty cool. Now, was there, who was like the main draw for the, the people who were playing? It was supposed to be Juan Toscano Anderson. Um, but right before I was leaving to the pro-am, I checked the roster and it said left for LA. Oh, <laughs> he JTA. played the game before on Wednesday and I went to the Friday game cause it was like a three gamer championship series. They mm-hmm. split two. So they played the finale and JTA doesn't go. Did um, his team lose? His team did lose. Oh, JTA. They, yeah, they would have they won had he been there. Oh, man. But Yeah, I mean, with JTA, they lost game two. So I, I don't even know. But there was a Santa Cruz Warriors guy, Kendall. Kendall, Kendall, Kendall. Uh, what was his name? It's going to bother me. But Kendall. That's uh, not that important. Kendall Smith of the Santa Cruz Warriors. He's like a 6'1", 6'2", guard. Mm-hmm. Pretty built. And he was just like the best player on the on that team. And it was just like once he's off the court, they'd make the run back. Um, and that's what happened. So were these I think like was, so were these like former college players? Is is that who filled out these rosters? Okay. So yeah, they have this played at tab and I'm on their site right now. And it's like, you know, it's it's guys who are like international. So they uh like the so my buddy James, his sister's boyfriend, his name's Kenny Woodward or Woodard. And he plays in Puerto Rico and he is, oh, he's a bucket. Um, and yeah, just like some guy, like it says played at uh, Cal, ABA. I don't know what ABA is. Um, USF. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just like college kids. And there was a high school kid and then just like international guys. No, it's pretty cool. Like, you know, it's not what you would call, um, I guess by the name, Pro-Am is a mix i'm assuming of professionals and, and amateurs but oh, still, that makes sense <laughs> but, but still like it's still high level ball yeah uh, and, and hoopers who are really hungry so it's it's it was pretty cool when you said that you no yeah really entertaining and 
I feel like I was watching from the sidelines and just like, I felt like I knew it was wrong like about, about the, t- so I, I was obviously rooting for uh, the not Kendall team because that had my friend's sister's boyfriend. It's a weird mm-hmm. connection. But mm-hmm. uh, I feel like I was like talking to his buddies on the bench because I got to hang out with him and his, uh, his buddies. Um, and I was like, guys, like this is just seems so obvious to me that like, maybe get, maybe get the Santa Cruz Warriors guy on like screen. So, so Kenny would act like Steph. He was just like the off ball guy who's just running around screens and people are trying to catch up to him because he could just hit from three. And I was like, what if you can get Kendall switched on to that? Who's chasing him around the threes, make him tired. And that's just when you get your run. But I mean, they won, but that was just, did, my did you uh, hit up your, your friend, uh, Rafael Barlow and go, Hey man, you got to watch out for, what do you think about this guy? I'll be I your think scout. Kenny's, I'll be your I think Kenny's like <laughs> Uh, all right, let's uh, let, let's change over to uh, so have a little, have a graphic here for the video, folks. Um, the Warriors debuted some new jerseys that are going to be part of their uh, of uh, of their uniform this season. So the first one that came out was the city uniform, and it looks like. The Cal Bears or the Michigan State or the Michigan Wolverines does it? That doesn't really look like a Warriors uniform to me. Yeah, it's like too dark navy. Now that now a navy color, like I mean, you can look at our uh, for for unfortunately for folks who are listening on podcast, you don't see the screen, but you know our logo is, is a navy because back in the day the Warriors did have a navy and an orange and yellow color, mm-hmm. but this is a little bit more of. A, a navy and bright yellow. So it's almost like a mix of the old uh, mid two thousands uniforms and like the current uniforms. I don't know. I don't know if that was the the reason why they did it, but yeah, it is an interesting color pattern for for a Warriors jersey. It's just getting too modern. All the NBA teams are doing it. They have this like modern look of a jersey. Like there's just no flair to that. There's no. It just I would never buy that. It's, okay, you if say I buy that. A jersey, I want, you know. You say that, and then mm-hmm. there's going to be a Moses Moody city jersey, and you're going to go, ah, do I want that jersey? <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't know. I don't even ah, – this is going to ruffle some feathers, but I'm not even too high on on the on the TMC ones. The run TMC ones? So the classic yeah. uniforms? The classics. I'm with not Chris even Mullen in the bucket hat? Uh, I like so, the bucket hat. Okay, so I think – I had a Hardaway and I had a Spreewell when I was in high school and, and maybe even out of high school. So that jersey is near and dear to my heart. But I know the one that you remember from when you were really small is the one we were mentioning, the, the mid-2000s one. And that's the is one that, that you want to make a comeback. Is that the Antoine Jameson one? Yeah. Yeah. I understand how, like, for example... The Pistons are bringing back their teal jerseys mm-hmm. and a lot of fans associate the teal jerseys with being on not, a losing team. Yeah, because they went from winning championships to not and then yeah. winning championships again. <laughs> but like as a guy who like wasn't even invested in the Pistons whatsoever, just like looking at those jerseys from, I don't know how long ago, 20 years ago. I don't know how long yeah, ago. Grant was. Hill, but, so we're yeah, Grant Hill. Yeah, the Grant Hill team. Like mid to late. 90s. Mm-hmm. I think those are so cool. Like, I understand. Like, 
I didn't start becoming a Warriors fan in 2014 or 2013. Like maybe that's when I started understanding basketball at a higher level. But, you know, I, I, I liked the Warriors all the way through. And to me, I just don't I just I guess I just don't care if the jersey is associated with a bad era. I think if it looks cool, it looks cool to me. I think those Antoine Jameson ones like I would buy that right away. Well, the other thing about that jersey is they were the jersey of the We Believe Warriors. So that is the other part of it where, um, you know, Bear Davis and Al Harrington and, and those guys. So, And the Warriors um, already retroed those when KD was back, right? It wasn't exactly. I think it was, it was like a like, one-game thing, right? I think it was close. I think it was, it was like a close version of it. Um but so the the one thing about those we believe jerseys is I think the white is is not great, but that navy color is pretty sharp. So mm-hmm. that would be the one that I would love to see come back. But yeah, no, I get it. The run TMC, a little bit more old school. Like even when I was younger, they had uh, a white and sort of a, na- a navy outline on the front, but it was a it was a white jersey. But that's like really old school. That's like mid mid to late 80s. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I think it's cool that they they do this with, with the jerseys. Um, it's another thing that, you know, baseball has, has tried to do, right? Uh, I don't think that baseball does enough of it to like retro, like you can retro and then they have the city jerseys and a lot of the city jerseys look really goofy. But the NBA does it really well. They could even do it even better. I... I, I would love to see more of it. Like not only just these two jerseys for the Warriors, but add in a couple other for, well, and we'll get a Christmas one. There will be a Christmas one, but no, you can have like, there? do they not have Christmas jerseys? They don't do year? it. I don't think they do it anymore since Nike, Nike's the uniforms now. I think since uh, Nike took well, over, the, they, these they haven't one, done these it. These ones have Jordan brand on it. Both of these mm. Warriors jerseys. Because who was brand. doing it before? Was it Adidas? Yeah, I don't or, remember. I don't remember, but whoever it was before did the Christmas jerseys. And I think ever since Nike started doing the jerseys or Jordan or Nike, like I think I don't think they've done Christmas jerseys hmm. at all. Um, yeah, but I, I would like to see like special game jerseys. Like you could have you could do the city ones hmm. and they'll roll those out a couple times. You could do the run TMC ones, they'll do those a couple times. You have your normal jerseys, and then like Christmas game, like you have one. Yeah. Yeah. Opening night, you can have one. Or Rivals uh, Week. Right. Yeah. That, you know, you can ha- you can pick certain games like, oh, this is the game where we both wear our special uniforms. Mm-hmm. So I think they could even get more creative. But that is uh, that's how yeah. they do it. What I would like to say though is um I like I like that pe- that teams are are rolling out some of the classic retro jerseys, but I feel like teams should do it when there's promise or when you're good. Like, for example, the Utah Jazz rolled out their iconic like rendition of the Stockton Malone era jerseys mm-hmm. like that, that purple with the with the with the mountain. Um, and their team is God awful. Like, they, yeah, but how do you predict that, though? So do you, you think they had it like planned two years in advance or just a year? Yeah, these marketing things take a little while. Like you can't like just all of a sudden print up something. You know, you, I'm sure there's licensing agreements and there's, you know, I'm sure somebody gets paid in, in, you know, in, in this as well. But yeah, you know, I think, I think every team should go into the season with something fresh and something new, mm-hmm. especially in the beginning. Cause like, imagine if you're a Kings fan, then you're telling me that they would never do anything retro because 
you know, like if they wanted to bring back the Chris Webber jersey or uh, they would be now do it now. This is like the most promise I've seen from the King since (laughs) Boogie was there. Yeah. So who knows? Uh, All right. Let's talk. We did this uh, last week for the show and want to do it for a lot pretty much every young player that they have. What to expect from. And last week we did Wiseman. And this week I wanted to do Moses Moody. Now you're a big Moody guy. We were talking about him all through the playoffs. He would get a little bit of run here and there. He got one good chunk of a game against Dallas. But otherwise he he didn't play very much in the playoffs. And all we hear from the team is that he's young, but he thinks like he's older and he's a very responsible guy. Uh, he fits in. He understands what he needs to do. So do you think that translates into this season where he will get regular minutes? I, I think it will. Um, I completely agree from like the eye test. It just feels like he does all the right things. He's got like a veteran savvy mind. Um, I mean, if we talk about the guys who are coming off the bench, JP, uh, Dante DiVincenzo, the big ragu, um, Jamichael Green, and then do you think it's it's the Moody Kaminga? If you had to think. It's uh, a good question. Because that's what I was thinking. I thought Jordan Poole and then the two new guys. And then, I don't know, who's going to back up? I, maybe maybe Wiseman comes in earlier because Loon, needs, Loon usually comes out earlier. My guess is Wise, Wiseman is going to be your seventh guy, second yeah. guy off the bench. And then, then, then it sort of falls down from there. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess the other thing, though, that's Im- important to note is the vets aren't going to play every single game, right? Yeah, no, they're going to give Clay certain games off. On Clay's going to get back to backs off, back to back nights. Draymond and, might too. So who steps in? Do Do you think Moody then slides up to be the sixth man? Because I because probably more than likely Pool will. Will join Steph in the backcourt, or maybe Moody starts and Poole stays in that six-man role just for size and defensive substitution reasons. Pool, I don't know how I don't know if Poole would like that very much. Yeah, we're but. going back to the machismo <laughs> in the playoffs. Um, so my my thought is, I think there's going to be a lot of minutes there because of the rest, and the Warriors really did this perfectly last year. If you think about it. They were not healthy until the playoffs and then were healthy throughout the playoffs. Like that is amazing uh, management of, uh, of the injuries and uh, of the um, not putting too much, too many minutes on guys. Like it was amazing. Now some of it is luck obviously, because you could do it perfectly and then someone turns their ankle and then, and then they're, they're out. But man, that, that was, you know, just really masterful. So, I would imagine that they're probably going to take a similar blueprint. Now, Clay is not going to be injured to start the season, but you still want to manage those minutes. Draymond is not going to be injured, but you want to manage those those uh, minutes. And Steph, right? Steph is going to be, what, 34, 35? And he played uh, like how, many playoff, how many oh, playoff, playoff games? It's so, he, so his total overall games was probably 80 or, or close to it. And that's a lot of mileage, uh, and you know he's had injuries in his career that, that that so he's not playing like LeBron kind of minutes throughout his career on his 
you know, on his minutes odometer, but still you you want to manage those as well. So I, you know, there's going to be games and, and this happens with Steph. He's going to get dinged up. There, there's going to be a pocket of time more than likely where he's got to miss more than one game in a row. Mm-hmm. And that's just time. Okay. He's going to miss. He's going to rest. He's going to also not, not put those miles on his legs. And then pool's going to start. And then Moody, then Moody slides up again. So mm-hmm. I think there's going to be so many moments like that where we're going to see Moody in the mix and he's going to have like 25 minute nights. And then there's going to be nights where he doesn't play that much, like when they have the full squad and maybe mm-hmm. he gets a, a couple minutes here and there. So I think it's going to be kind of up and down depending on how they do the rest. Uh, but I also think that he's going to get more playing time then we may even realize because of that. And, and then if there is an injury I, I, and we hope not, then he's got to play more. So, mm-hmm. so that there's always the possibility of that. So I think he's, I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity this year and the minutes may not be consistent, but he's going to get a lot of opportunity, a lot of reps because you know, where, where they really are going to need him is, you know, in the next couple years, when the team gets a little bit older and they have to mm-hmm. rely on some of their younger legs. Yeah. And I think Moody is like the ultimate three and D guy who can just, I think he can just give you 30, like when guys are out, you know, and he has to take over. Like, I, I think he really could just give you 30. I don't know how much shot creation he has. We saw it in Santa Cruz. He has shot creation, but I think the step up into the NBA guys are a little quicker, a little more athletic. It might be harder for him to do that, but you know, he's got the three point shot down. Like the, the, his shot form looks amazing. And I think it's just, it's just um, repetition. And I hope that he can at least get that in the beginning of the season. Um, but I, even if not, I think he'll be fine because defensively he just does the right things and he's in the right places and he doesn't mind not shooting. If he, you know, he, I'm sure he loves shooting three point. I'm sure everyone loves scoring, but if he's in a lineup with Steph, Wiggs, Poole, Draymond, and Clay, or you know, I, I, I think he's just totally fine, just doing the right things, and he doesn't have that kind of ego to him. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was to give you a point total per game for Moody and I made it at like six, would you take the over or the under? Okay, so I just looked at his last year's 4.4. You're giving me six. Ah, that's a good that's a good over or under because I'd probably guess six. Yeah. Um I'll take the over. I think I would take the over slightly as well, just because I think there's going to be pockets where he's going to have to play because of circumstance. And he'll, he'll, you know, he'll get some, he'll get some good minutes and and some opportunities, especially with who he probably will be playing with. He'll get some Mm -hmm. good opportunities. And and like you said, it's going to be inconsistent. I don't think it'll be totally consistent. So it's kind of hard when, you know, one night he's getting 25 minutes, the next night he's getting 11 minutes, you know, points are going to be higher on one side than the other. So, and you know some of this. This was a lot of this was when the Warriors were really, really good. And you know we're talking seventeen, sixteen, fifteen. Like Steph almost never played heavy minutes in the fourth quarter because the Warriors were winning by so many points in those games. And that could also be a thing where if the Warriors are playing really, really well and they get up in the fourth, and then Steph and Clay don't really have to play that much in the mm-hmm. fourth, and that's when you turn it over. To Moody and Kuminga and Poole and go, okay, you guys just go. And he could he could pick up some minutes there. Too. You know, what's interesting about this team is that these 
like these games, you know, where they go to the where they go to Canada and sometimes Steph and Dre and Clay don't go or on back to backs when some of the main guys don't play or just when the main guys want to rest and these young guys get to go play like those might be must watch television. Because well, what was what was the game last year? Wasn't there a Toronto game where like they yeah. played all the subs? Yeah, yeah, there was they did Toronto, Denver, New Orleans, San Antonio. Like there was a ton of times they did it and a ton of times where it was actually an entertaining game. Speaking of the playoffs against Luca when they almost came back. Yeah. The, but like adding adding Patrick Baldwin Jr. Um, we'll see what happens with Ryan Rollins and then Wiseman being back. Like that just makes it all of the more fun to like, I'm totally going to watch that. The, and the preseason, right? Though those guys will get a lot of run in the preseason too. Mm-hmm. And you know that they will, they're because they're all good. They're all kind of they're not they're not fighting for a spot. Obviously, they're they're probably more than likely all going to have spots on the on the fifteen man roster. But they're edging for for play time. They're edging for you know the rotation spot. Like what you know they're when when Kerr's like oh gosh and looks over his shoulder, who's going to stand up and and be ready? Is it Moody? You know, is it pool like pool's going to be in the mix, but is it Moody? Is it Kaminga? Is it the younger guys? So that that'll be really interesting, too. Um, But uh, but yeah, so I guess uh, the only other thing I would say that I want to talk about with Moody is if you were to guess. Who or what part of his game like I and I don't know the answer to this question, but. Moses Moody knows, okay, I went through a whole NBA season uh, as a 19-year-old. What is like the one thing all of a sudden in the preseason that we see from him that it's like, oh, he he was he working on, on that, that thing. Um, maybe playing passing lanes more because he kind of showed some glimpses of having those long arms and, and being smart in the passing lane and, and grabbing a pass. Maybe it's more on the defensive side than it is the offensive side. Maybe on ball more. Po- he has long arms, so maybe some GP2 would just poke it. I, I just feel like he... Maybe it's like a scouting thing. Maybe he needed a year to like fully see like the competition ahead of him. And I feel like he maybe doesn't have that full experience yet because he didn't get to play that much in his first year. But it's almost like, okay, um, this is a maybe a too big of an example but oh Luca's coming to town I know mm-hmm. what Luca does because I've played him before mm-hmm. I feel like Mo- Moody is a little bit of a step behind maybe it's a quickness thing too but I also think it's because you know when you're when you're clay when you're Dre like you've seen these guys you know how to guard them that's why you're vets but with Moody it's like I've never seen you before so if you do a quick left like even though I could probably keep up with it I just didn't know it was coming yeah that, that's a good one because that was the switch that they were able to pull last year is Okay, who's your best guy on offense? Well, we're going to throw GP at him. Mm-hmm. And they don't have that this year. So that could be a role that Moody tries to slide into a little bit where it's like, "Oh yeah, he he's he he's improved on defense. He can kind of be that semi-stopper or at least throw his fouls there." The thing that I am hoping sort of that that he has worked on because his game now, this is only on last season and the summer league stuff that we watched, but his game is it doesn't feel super fluid yet. Like there are things that he does really well, like he shoots the outside shot. I don't have a good gauge on on the that that if he has a really good handle or not. Uh, it didn't seem like it, but it's like he like he does everything well. It's like, okay, he's gonna make the right pass. If he's open, he's gonna shoot. 
But what about that creativity when he's got the basketball and there's four seconds left on the shot clock? I feel a lot of times he's just usually going to get a shot blocked because they know he's got to force something up. But you said he's got long arms. So I want to see if he's worked on like a fadeaway or like some post move or some footwork Mm -hmm. that shows that, okay, you know, I am, I am taking my offensive game and I'm adding a little tweak here and there because, you know, this is the NBA and and I need to figure out how to get my shot off when maybe there's not a shot there and I have to create one. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you were there like I, I, in in Santa Cruz, we went and watched Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody play. And Moses Moody was by far the best player in the gym. Yeah. Like he had, what, 37? And that was Wait, a gym that... But what about my guy Huff, man? Okay, second best player. <laughs> <laughs> but Stanley what Johnson was, that guy's was name? on... Jeff Sam Huff? Huff? Jeff, Jeff, Steph, Sam, Sam Huff? Jeff? I don't Something know. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, but Stanley Johnson was on the Lakers, who the Lakers later after that game, maybe a couple months after, acquired him to be like their defensive stopper. Yeah, he was like Stanley a top Johnson. 10 pick in the draft or something. I think. Like a while back. And um, and yeah, he was guarding Kaminga that game. And Moses Moody was still like, he was the best one in that gym. He looked like the best one. And it was all from shot creation. And like, sure, a couple catch and shoot, but he was the one who was initiating everything. So it's there. I would love to see it. But, you know, like I just said, it, it is a different jump from one league to the next. So I, I agree with you, though. If he has those long arms, he, he should be able to get off a pretty good fadeaway shot if he if he works on it over the summer. Yeah, and I think, you know, one thing he could do now, may, maybe his little his little uh, braids, you know, it, it's you notice him because of it. I don't know. My guy may need to go shaved head at some point pretty soon. He's kind of balding. Yeah, he doesn't have the best <laughs> hairline. He looked good at Dre's wedding. Uh, those oh, photos. I, th- I thought his hair looked good there. Uh, but I, I think that that might make him even more sleek, you know, like, yeah. ooh, he's, he's more sleek. He's improved his speed. It's like, no, he just cut his hair, but it makes him look a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the Jordan Poole, like what Jordan Poole did. Yeah, yeah. So speaking uh, all right. of, yeah, well, no, go ahead. We should like, we should like with the one in a thousand or one in, I don't know how much chance that we should just like say it early. Maybe Jordan Poole all-star. You think so? Well, he's but, the, the Warriors are a very popular team, right? Like Wiggins made the All Star team somewhat because of uh, the, the yeah, the but group, the, the, the I don't think Pool will ever Pool. I don't think Pool will ever be a starter as long as Steph's there. So it wouldn't be fan vote on the reserves. It's media player. Yeah. But I just think that Jordan Pool, like since we started watching him in 2019, like he's just tremendously improved every single summer. Yeah. And he's supposed to be like the guy you hear about Jim Rat picks one specific thing or multiple things to work out work on over the summer and just goes like to work. He's he's just always in the gym. So I'm wondering what he's going to add and if like he could just do something crazy where he ends up in the All-Star game somehow. Yeah, and, I don't and, have it, but and and that guy like he's got the shot creativity. He's got the handle. Mm-hmm. I mean I mean, you know, hopefully he's he's working on, on his defense and maybe he, I don't, I don't think he, I don't know if he needs to put on weight or anything, but just getting stronger in in some way, because yeah, he's got so many tools. It'd, it'd be great to see him continue to blossom in in different ways because the game is definitely there. Mm-hmm. It's so unlikely, but because me and Alex actually just on the Bam Pod, we were trying to figure out first time All Stars because mm-hmm. we think Anthony Edwards is going to be one, but it like all relies on so many people not being injured, like all yeah. your staple all-stars, even if they're not having the best season, like a guy like Chris Paul is normally just going to make it regardless of the season he's having. Devin Booker now, Damian yeah. Lillard, Steph, Luca, 
And then there's guys who are coming back. Jamal Murray would be a first-time All-Star. I think if you look at his stats, he's gotten better each year. So I'd be interested we'll to see how he bounces land. back from the. But yeah, it's just there's just so many spots that already feel like if you were to say, okay, who would you have a lock for the All-Star game, like based on like namesake and and you know what you'd expect, like basically everything's taken. So it just depends on, and it's going to happen every year. Injuries, Kawhi last year, Paul George last year, Anthony Davis last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, for sure. Um. All right, I think we're done. We're we're done a little early to the, uh, today, which is fine because we are in the off season. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll come back next week, hopefully the same time around the same time, and we will tackle Jonathan Kaminga next week in our Ooh. Uh, yeah the you know the the Kaminga in the in the what to expect dot dot dot. Because uh, that that's going to be a fun one because it's it's all over the board. Like who knows? His summer league was all over the board. There was like glimpses of him being one of the greatest players of all time, and then glimpses of like, what is this dude doing? <laughs> I'm excited. That's my guy. All right. So uh, the Bam Pods at the Bam Pods on Twitter, the Bam Podcast on um, the Bam Pod on Instagram, and then. It's it's is it the BAM podcast uh, if they're searching in their podcast? No, just feed? maybe I should, yeah, maybe it's too difficult. I should, but it's supposed to be it's just the BAM on okay. Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Okay, and then uh, for for those who are not subscribed to us, BSPN, uh, you if you type in BSPN, you don't see us. I think you could probably type in Bay Area Sports Podcasting Network as well. Um, but yeah, we we have three shows in this feed almost every week. And then we're going to add a fourth with uh, once the 49ers get going. We're going to do a live, some live stream stuff after games. And like I said, this this show, we're still two months into the season. So we'll probably consistently keep our, our schedule here. But, you know, once the season starts, we may do stuff like I, I, I mean, I kind of feel like we need to talk about, you know, opening night after after the game. Uh, unless you go, I don't know, you're, you're into going to all these games now. Lake of man, I cannot believe he's charging fifty or sixty dollar tickets for the worst seat in the house. It just doesn't feel right. Preseason, yeah, yeah, for the worst seat preseason. Mm-hmm. Preseason, oh the worst seat, like that, the 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 nosebleeds. Even though there's not really a terrible seat in Chase, yeah. but you know what I'm talking about. Like the yeah. nosebleeds, very back starts yeah. at fifty dollars. Wow, not cool. Well, we'll we'll find a couple games to go to anyways. We'll 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 save our money. And go to a couple games this year. I know you're dying to go to see the Pistons come to town. When do they come to town? January 4th. And we know those tickets are going to be cheaper. So that's kind of nice. I'm interested in all these young building teams. Like if the Magic come to town, we should go see them too. That'd be fun. Yeah. No, I'm down to go see those. I don't have to go see the really, really good teams. We watch them on TV anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we're done here. So, uh, yeah, check us out on our social medias. And, uh, yeah, BSPN on Twitter and Instagram is at BSPN Shows. All right, so for Bri, I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.